0: Morning Harvest, it is such a privilege to be with you today and uh, we've been going through this series called Epic Themes in God's Story. We're getting towards the end, we've got a few weeks left but it's been so exciting to track from uh, Genesis all the way to Revelation and to see these themes that God's interweaving through his story that helps us to just get to grips with with what he's doing in the world and just get this greater picture of, uh, of the majesty of who he is. And so today I want to look at the theme of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the great themes again we see running through all of scripture. And I would suggest that the Holy Spirit probably fits into one of four places in your heart this morning. When I mention the word Holy Spirit, there's probably one of four places that hit home for you. Firstly, maybe the Holy Spirit is resisted and this may be because of fear of what could happen Um, but it's really important to remember that the Holy Spirit is not a force and he's a gentleman and so we wherever the Holy Spirit's being resisted in your life or in others it's to understand that we don't need to be fearful of what might happen when we engage with the Holy Spirit because he's a gentleman and he will never use force. Secondly, the Holy Spirit may be misunderstood this could be due to books that we've read or maybe movies we've watched and because of that the Holy Spirit might actually be called more of a ghost and in fact that's that sometimes is what he's been called the holy ghost and so we think of the Holy Spirit more as a ghost or a force than as a person so It's important for us to realize that we mustn't misunderstand the Holy Spirit as some sort of strange ghost-like character. He is actually God. So, resisted, misunderstood, sometimes ignored. If you hear many talk in church circles, there's a much larger emphasis on God the Father and God the Son than on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is an equal member of the Trinity. He makes up the Trinity, uh, which is what we believe in the Christian faith, one God interacting in three persons. And so God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, he should never be ignored because he is God. Or finally, the fourth one, the Holy Spirit is embraced. So there are some who embrace each aspect um, of God, uh, the Holy Spirit and his role in our lives. And this leads to a real fullness of joy and so as we unpack the theme of the holy spirit this morning i realized that doing a one-off on the topic of the holy spirit isn't really enough uh, we could we could spend a whole series on this and i'm sure that we will but i trust it sparks something deep within your heart it sparks this sort of excitement and this expectation uh, for more you see as a leadership team we believe 100 percent in the presence the work and the gifts of the holy spirit for us today That's what we believe, and we'll most definitely speak uh, on this more in the future. So be expectant, be excited. And so I'd love us to pray, and then we'll dive into the rest of the message this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. I pray that you would come as I speak this morning. I pray that you would come as we all listen. Holy Spirit, would you do your work in our lives? Would we learn more about you? Would we grow closer to you? Thank you for the great theme that we see running through Scripture of you, Holy Spirit. And we're excited as a church. What you want to do in our lives personally and collectively as a group. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to answer a few Uh, specific questions and uh, so we're going to go question and then an answer as we go through this morning so firstly who is the holy spirit some of you might be wondering who is he well the holy spirit is the way that biblical authors talk about god's personal presence in fact the word in hebrew is ruach it's kind of like a you have this sound in the back of your throat so you sort of that's how you say it sort of ruach and that that word um, that they use to describe the holy spirit is the same word for energy an example would be uh, the invisible energy we see in the wind so we see uh, maybe even around here while we're filming uh, you might see uh, that the leaves move a little bit or in the grass and we can't physically see the wind but it's this invisible energy that makes things move so that's the same word ruh, that's used and uh, it may be the same word for when we breathe in and out so it, the air that we breathe in and the energy it gives us for life would be the same word in Hebrew so you see this picture of the biblical writers talking about Ruach God's very presence and we can get the description of it from all around and so just as wind is powerful the Holy Spirit is powerful just as breath keeps us alive as we breathe in and out God's Spirit gives us eternal life It's important for us to know that the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning of the world. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 1, verses 1 to 2. Look at what it says right at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Then look at this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning. He is God. He was there at the beginning. The Holy Spirit is fully God, and he's a member of the triune God that we serve. I mentioned earlier this characteristic of God, one God interacting as three persons. And we actually see this trinity in action. If we look at Genesis 1 verse 26, you you go along a little bit, and this is so interesting to pick up. Check this out. It says, verse 26, Then God said, let us make man in our image. Now, why does God say, let us? That's quite strange. It's almost God singular, and then plural, let us. And this is the first glimpse we see into the triune God. It's one God, but He's saying, "Let us." There's, there's more to this than we think. And actually, if you jumped across to Luke three verse twenty-two in the New Testament, you see this in action when Jesus arrives on the scene. It says, Luke three verse twenty-two: "The Holy Spirit de- descended on Him, Jesus, in bodily form like a dove." So the writers, even then, they're sort of saying it. We don't exactly know how the Holy Spirit came down, maybe a bit like a dove, but it wasn't that he actually came as a bird. Of course he didn't. But just sort of how did he describe the sort of presence coming? And then a voice came from heaven, which is God the Father, who's saying, you are my son, with you I'm well pleased. So we get this amazing picture of of one God, but then you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got Jesus, the, the Son in the flesh, you've got the Father talking, another picture of the triune God in action. And Jesus promised, when he was on earth, he promised the Holy Spirit, we'll look at this a bit later, our helper, and he said he's going to come in a new and a fresh way when I've died and headed back to heaven. Uh, He's going to be the helper and he's going to come in a special way for you and for all people in, in in a specific way when I've already headed back. So that's a bit of who the Holy Spirit is. Fully God, member of the Trinity, there at the beginning, there with us now, fully God. So what does he do? What does the Holy Spirit actually do? Well, before Christ, the Holy Spirit would give special empowerment for God's specific tasks. And the first person that we actually hear of the Holy Spirit came on to help is Joseph when he was able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. So that's the first part that we see the Holy Spirit coming on a person for a specific task that God's wanting to do, enabling them to do that task for his glory. And then we also see in Exodus, Bezalel was helped by the Holy Spirit artistically in helping build the tent of the meeting, the Ark of the Covenant. So it says the Spirit of God came on uh, Bezalel so that he could perform tasks, the supernatural power and help. We see uh, Gideon was given the Holy Spirit for leadership. The Holy Spirit came on him in Judges 6 for leadership. Samson, some of you may have heard of the strong man Samson because of his hair, and the Holy Spirit came on him with strength and power, Judges 15. We also see Isaiah, one of the prophets, the prophets from Israel, and in fact, many other prophets, but it says in Isaiah 61, again, that the spirit of the Lord came upon Isaiah to share something specific. But then there's a bit of a change. And what happens is, is the prophet Joel comes on the scene. There were different prophets. The prophet Joel comes on the scene, and he suddenly said, you know what's gonna happen? The Holy Spirit is going to come, but he's going to come differently to how he's come before. Before he's come at certain times, quickly to help with this, to help with God's task with this. Now he says it's going to be a bit different. And this is what he says in Joel 2, verse 28 to 29. He says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servant in those days, I'll pour out my spirit. So Joel talks saying in a few hundred years time in the future you've seen the Holy Spirit come on people for specific tasks but guess what there's a day coming when he's going to come on everyone. He's going to come in a different way on everyone for God's purposes and a few hundred years later Jesus was born and there was a sort of ramp up In the presence of the Holy Spirit, it was almost like God had come at certain times on people in special ways. And now suddenly there's a ramp up around Jesus's birth. And in fact, everyone connected with Jesus's birth becomes filled with the Holy Spirit. This is so interesting to see. You see in Luke 1 verse 35 that Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth, um, relative in the process, Luke 1 verse 41, the Holy Spirit fills her. And John the Baptist in Luke 1 verse 15 is also filled with the spirit and then luke uh, sorry and then john the baptist says uh, an interesting phrase where he says you know i baptize with water but there's one coming after me whose sandals i'm not worthy to uh, to untie who will baptize you with the holy spirit and with fire so all around Jesus' birth before jesus is even doing ministry there's this filling of different people with the holy spirit the sort of awakening of the work of the spirit And obviously at Jesus's baptism, he's given this this real authority and anointing of the Holy Spirit for his task on earth. And so it comes on him in a special way. And God's Spirit was now empowering him to bring about God's new creation, just as in Genesis, where the Spirit hovered over the water. So that's why we see Jesus moving things from death to life. We see him providing food from where There's a small amount of food into a lot. We see him uh, bringing healing when there's been sickness. Why? What's happening is through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, he's bringing God's kingdom to earth with the work of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus lived in harmony with the Spirit, fully God and fully man. He carried the power, the energy, the ruach of God with him everywhere that he went. And then, just as the prophet Joel had said, Jesus promised to his disciples that they should wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, just wait, I'm going to die, I'm going to be raised again, but wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit who's going to come upon you so that you can continue the kingdom work that I've called you to. I've been able to do it because of the filling of the Holy Spirit and the same is going to be the case for you. So what he says in uh, John uh, 14 verse 25, he says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So he's saying the Father is going to send the Spirit in my name and he's going to be your helper. I'm not going to be with you anymore. The Holy Spirit will take my place. So what would that look like? What does it look like? What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, firstly, he gives supernatural power. And we should expect nothing less from the god of all power right sometimes we can go well you know what exactly does the holy spirit do he gives us power that should just be a natural expectation because if we truly believe in a god who created the earth like this with just a spoken word well of course he has all the power in the world so he he's going to come with supernatural power acts 1 verse 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria to the ends of the earth so when the holy spirit comes on us one of the things that he does is he brings power to our lives power to live for christ uh, power to do the work he's called us to what else does he do he gives us courage acts 2 verse 1 when the day of pentecost arrived and this was the time when the holy spirit uh, came in a special way there's a real outpouring uh, on the early church and there's been many of those outpourings uh, in, in, in history and even in recent years around the world when the day of pentecost arrived they were all together in one place Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So those who received his word were baptized. Then listen to this. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And you see straight after this, Peter stands up. People are saying, what's happening? Now this is Peter who denied Jesus, right? And suddenly all these people have this boldness and this courage to share faith and many people get saved as a result. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He gives us boldness. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're going, I'm I'm just really pretty scared to share my faith. I don't know how to have these conversations. I'm quite a shy person when it comes to faith. What the Holy Spirit will do in your life is he will give you a supernatural boldness and courage. It's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. What else does he do? He prays for us and he helps us. Romans 8 verse 26 to 27. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Do you know how encouraging this is? One of the things the Holy Spirit does is each day and every day, He is interceding and He's praying for you. He's praying that you would hear God's voice. He's praying that you would live out the will of God. He's praying that you would have courage where you're struggling, that you'd have strength where you're weak. He is praying for you all the time um, and, and He's interceding for you. This is astounding. Just think about it right now. While you're sitting here now, the Holy Spirit is praying. He's encouraging. He's, he, he's wanting you to be filled more to overflowing with God. It's incredible. It's incredible. That's what he does as well. He gives us gifts. He gives us gifts. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Um, it shares on a 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11. Um, it says all these, it's talking about all the gifts and there's just so many of them. Uh, prophetic words, um, gifts of healing, ability to interpret dreams, administration gifts, leadership gifts, preaching, teaching, um, uh, giving tongues, interpreting tongues. Uh, tongues is just a, is a word for A spiritual language, that's what the name is for a tongue, spiritual language that God gives you and then people can interpret this. Um, And so he, he, he gives this and it says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit, a gift given to you by the Holy Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills, as he wants to give you a gift, he gives it to you. And it's amazing to see amongst us as a church, just these different gifts popping up from the Holy Spirit, gifts of worship, gifts of teaching, gifts of helping others and serving others, administration gifts. Maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, I'm an organized person. That's just who I am. No, that's a gift from the Holy Spirit to be used to extend God's kingdom. It's an astounding gift. So so he gives them and it's what as he wills. He gives gifts as he chooses. So we embrace those gifts. 1 Corinthians um, 14 verse 1, It gives us an indicator of what's even more important. It says, but pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You know, the greatest gift that happens when God's presence comes on us is he pours out his love. So he gives gifts and he gives gifts to you um, to edify and build up his church. But the greatest gift that you experience when the Holy Spirit comes and maybe we'll pray for this at the end and in the different sites Maybe you can go into this and pray for this later so the leaders, you can be prepared for this. But the greatest gift that he gives when the Holy Spirit comes is you should have an overwhelming sense of God's love for you because he pours God's love into our hearts, fills us with God's love. It's incredible. So how can you receive all of this? How can you receive what the Holy Spirit has to offer? So simple. I mean, Luke 11 verse nine talks about this and, uh, and Luke says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will knock, um, seek and you'll find knock, and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, the one who knocks it will be opened. Don't you love this clarity? So we're not sure exactly what Luke's talking about yet, but listen to the clarity. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, instead of a fish will give him a serpent? Of course we're not going to do that. If your dad's out there, You just really wanna bless and love and care for your kids. You're not gonna give them something horrible that could hurt them. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Luke 11 verse 13, if you then who are evil, not talking that God doesn't like us, he's just saying we've got sin in our hearts. If you know how to give, give good gifts to your kids and to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so God's saying, listen, you just need to ask. There's nothing special that you do to receive this infilling of the Holy Spirit. You just ask and God loves to pour out the Holy Spirit on us. It's the helper that he promised. It's who he wants to pour out in our lives. So there's nothing fancy about that. Now, one final question that you might have before we close off is, don't we get the full package of God when we give our lives to Christ? So what are you talking about, Craig? Is there two different moments? Do I give my life to Christ and then I, get more of God, how exactly does this work? Surely when I become a Christian, that's it, done and dusted. And I would say yes and no. So you do have the full package. Once you give your life to Christ, you become a son and daughter of the living God. Nothing's ever gonna change that. God is within your heart, you're a new creation, heaven is home, you have all of God. God's in your heart and that's gonna be the case forever. You're going to experience eternal life you have purpose on earth but there's often a very special time when God touches you in a powerful way and fills you with his spirit like what happened in Acts like what happened later on in Acts when uh, the disciples um, went to an area and they said did you receive the Holy Spirit when you gave your lives to Christ and they said no we didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit and he says well now I'm mean, going to be prayed that you are filled with the Holy Spirit because this is something exciting for you. What was he saying? You're saying, you're Christians. You've given your life to Christ, but I want you to experience more in the same thing. And so as the spirit fills you, you have a courage that you've never had before. He may give you certain gifts. Um, you might feel a bit strange. Some people say my heart raced a little bit. Uh, maybe you get shivers. Some people even fall down and you might go, that's a little bit weird and wacky. And I've heard some scary stories and I've watched YouTube and, and I'm not going near any of that sort of stuff. You know. If you put your finger in the plug, you're going to get shocked, right? If God's all-powerful and we connect into the living God, of course there should be often a physical reaction as well. That's not a strange thing. Um, Sometimes when we watch a a really powerful movie, um, I don't know about you, but I get goosebumps. Now, what's goosebumps? Goosebumps is our body reacting through emotion to something we're watching that thrills us and so we're watching it internally, but what happens, what do our emotions do? They drive something physical. We get goosebumps or we get shivers. In the same way, sometimes when God touches us as the king of the universe, we experience something physical, which might be shivers, or some people might say, I feel a sense of heat or, um, or, or anything like that. Why? Because it's the God of the universe touching us in a special way. It's exciting. It's really, really encouraging. And so that's, that's my prayer for you. I wanna see like I shared earlier that Peter, who was this timid man who said that he didn't even know Jesus. He was one of his disciples and he denied Jesus three times. He ran away at Jesus's most important time and he gets filled with the spirit. And just like this, there's a transformation in his life of boldness and courage. And he ends up saying at his death, I wanna be crucified upside down because I'm not worthy of being killed like my savior was. So that's fine, kill me for my faith. But do it upside down because i'm i'm just not worth what jesus is what kind of a transformation is that from someone who was running away from trials to now being willing to die like that well it's the holy spirit and so whenever there's lack in our lives whenever there's a struggle in our lives what we need more of is the holy spirit we need an activation we need a, a clothing we need a, a an extra infilling like romans 5 says when god pours out his love we need we need more of god's love in our hearts so although you can't get more of God in you no doubt the Holy Spirit the Ruach of God comes to bring power presence authenticity authority to our lives which can be in a a reality in our lives in a special way you know for me the most powerful sense I've ever had of the Holy Spirit I got prayed for many times for God to come in a special way in my life as a teenager and things and uh, um, for me he was actually in my university room and uh, I, I just really wanted more of God. I'd read a great book that really encouraged me and it said there on one of the pages, you know, why don't where you are now, just, just ask God for more of himself. And so I prayed by myself and uh, I had a sense of God's presence in the most astounding way. I had goosebumps, I had shivers. Um, I, I started to pray in tongues. Um, and this is something that Paul talks about in the Bible. He actually says a phrase, he says, I thank God that I talk in tongues more than all of you. And there's two different types of tongues. There's tongues which is public and there's an interpretation. And then there's also this private prayer language where often happens when you just don't know what to pray. I've been arrived at car accidents before. I don't know what to pray. And I suddenly just start praying in tongues, this language God gives you. And I know that God's working through it. It's spiritual prayers. I don't know what to say in English. But while I'm doing that, my mind is active, even though I'm praying something different. And I I know God's working. And in that moment, God gave me that gift. And and I felt like he gave, gave me prophetic words. And it wasn't weird or strange. It was had the sense of his love like never before and it was special and it was, it was profound and there's been many times since then that I felt him come again in special ways and again in different ways and, and it's just exciting. It's why God says we should eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit and so as Harvest I'm going to pray for us now but I want us to be a people who are learning to live each day in greater measures under the influence of the Holy Spirit and as we do that what happens is, is we'll point more and more people to Jesus. It will help us to live on earth for Christ. You'll see yourself break through, break free from addictions and to, to break free from things that used to make you afraid. And you'll suddenly be excited and passionate. Uh, there's been the story recently of two ladies, I think, who moved from a very difficult, uh, persecuted area. They moved to America, I think it was, might've been England. I was listening to her on a podcast and um, they managed to escape, and after a few um, a few months, they said to their husbands, um, "We know that we 're at risk of of life and death being Christians in uh, those uh, Middle Eastern countries, but um, we 'd really like to go back because there 's just a staleness and a, and a stagnancy to to our lives here in the west, and so we, we don 't mind having the risk of dying; we would rather be living our bold and excited life than than here and so why do they have that kind of perspective it's the holy spirit in their hearts the holy spirit in their lives which i want for us so so i'm going to pray and maybe at the sites that you're at there'll be some leaders who are there to pray for you maybe if there's a band you can you can get the band up or even if there's a song that you can play um whether you want to stand or if you're in your living room whether you want to reach out your arms as a sign we put our arms out to say um we surrender you know when when police hold it up and they say hey you know, if, you, if you've been a robber, you know, the standard thing we do is put our hands up to say we're surrendering. So when we raise our hands, we're saying, God, we're surrendering to you and what you want to do in our lives. We, we realize that you're king and we're open, we're vulnerable before you. And so I'm going to pray. normal I'm going to pray is just come Holy Spirit. And then if you want, you can wait for a bit in your sights. Um, you, can, you can pray by yourself in your living room and you can just say, Holy Spirit, would you come upon me? And it's the prayer that he just loves to answer. And the greatest sense that you will feel is an outpouring of his love. So let's just pray very briefly together. Holy Spirit, right now, everyone who's listening, in a harvest site, in a living room, in Zimbabwe, in beyond, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're God. Thank you that you are a gentleman. Thank you that as Romans 5 says, that when you come upon us, you pour out your love in a special way into our hearts. So right now this morning, we just say, come Holy Spirit. May you flood hearts, may you flood bodies, may you flood rooms, and sights may flood cars as this is listened to as a podcast may you come with peace with power with your overwhelming presence and as you do there might be gifts that creep up amongst you maybe some of you have this urge you don't know what the, the language might be but you have this urge to sort of just Say stuff, let it out. God might be giving you the, the gift of tongues. Maybe a prophetic word or a picture comes to your heart. You can share that with someone next to you. Maybe you feel weak at the knees and you need to sit down or maybe you want to lie down before God. Whatever you feel God's saying to you, just do. Such a loving God, He's such a gentleman. But one thing I know is that there's more. There's more of His presence. There's more of His love. There's more of His gifts. And all of it together is for his kingdom work to be accomplished, for many more people to be saved, for you to live out the purpose he's called you to. Your powerful name we pray, amen. What a privilege to be together. As I said, we can do a whole series on the Holy Spirit and we will, we can go into each gift as it happens. We can, we can do lots more prayer time. I hope that's been a taster for you of what we're excited for more and more. We truly believe that uh, God is word and spirit. He's not one or the other, he's both. And we want to be a church where the lines between those two, um, you you just can't really see them. We see word and a passion for his scripture. We see spirit and an outpouring of His spirit. And that's what we want to live out as a leadership team and as a church, as we impact Terraria and beyond. So thanks so much for being with us. If this was your first time tuning in, please know you're part of the family. Get in touch with us. We'd love to connect you with a site, uh, to connect you with a life group, someone to pray with you or visit you. But just thanks so much for being on the journey that God has us on. What a privilege, what a joy. And we can't wait to be back with you next week. So thanks so much and have a brilliant day. Cheers for now.